Hi, this is Cliff Krieger for the picture-poems.com website in the circle in the square. Thanks for tuning in. This is number two in our new series, The Art of Listening. It could be called The Art Science of Listening because there's a lot involved in it. It's a lot of fun, so don't worry. The art of listening. And uh, as you probably hear, I'm out uh, trying new things, experimenting again. I'm close to a new base camp. It has two names, Hotel Panopticon as a tongue-in-cheek uh, way of trying to heal uh, Jeremy Benton's idea actually carried out in Fremantle, Australia, Western Australia, of a, in Holland too, I think, of a, a circular prison that you can look, pan, all seen. It's an eye, one eye, <laughs> of a warden garden looking at all the... Uh, uh, prison cells around the circle, so we're inverting that, that it's more Emerson's eyeball that sees the whole universe, uh, because the view is absolutely spectacular, 360 degrees in all directions. And it's also a place of healing for all who come here. Um, because uh, it was recently uh, brutally uh, clear-cut and uh, so they just took out uh, everything. There are a few dug fir trees standing but otherwise down to bare, uh, bare ground. And um, what's interesting if we place ourselves in natural space and time here, it's April the uh, 28th, 2021. It's later. I don't uh, normally um, record later in the afternoon, but it's so beautiful when still. And as you hear, I'm s seated next to a little snow melt uh, reel. That's the closest place to fetch pure running water. So I'm sitting here and uh, taking in, as the Buddhists say, the darshan, darshan of just the, the being of the place. So it's a real privilege to drink this water, to sit here. So April 28th, number two, the art art science of listening. Well, what I wanted to uh, do, what I intend to do, is that I'm going to have to, in the studio out here, Sun Charge, back at camp, so I'm recording with one 
of my trusty old uh, Zoom digital recorder. <clears throat> so I'll composite that with the pieces that I wanted to look at together. Two in particular. One is uh, Flowers, a sound poem that I'm very attached to, very proud of, that ends the philosopher's liar. Well, um, you could take that uh, uh, double CD set of new pieces from almost uh, two years ago now, The Philosopher's Liar, that's on the picture-poems.com website or the Circle in the Square website at uh, cs-music.com or on SoundCloud. You can get uh, CD quality or lower, um, not quality, but just a smaller uh, download file. So this is our infomercial segment. The water is listening. Note that there are no buzzing sounds. We did get a pickup of insects today. It's a little bit uh, concerned that um, there are so few bugs around, just uh, pollinators. But it's early in the season yet, so we're watching that. And of course, this is a totally disturbed <laughs> habitat. <laughs> So weeds are coming in everywhere, and then the cows will come in and graze it and bring more weeds. They go together. But it's also healing, like what's with this water. Right now. So all the marvelous spring ephemerals are super abundant. Spring Beauty, the Claytonian Indian, Indian Potato, you could almost live on those. Glacier Lilies, Erythronium, Rondiflorum, absolutely spectacular. Where I have my base camp, I'm totally surrounded by that. And if you're used to seeing the pure white of winter, also very beautiful. It makes a wonderful uh, contrast is very comforting. So I have the last uh, hour of sun at my back right now. And to hear the sound of this flowing water. Listening. Well, if we step back from it, so we're not going to begin with music. There, When I put this together, I hope, uh, with two pieces, so flowers, and the other one is one of the dragon tail set pieces. So it's highly um, experimental, mathematical, in, but ends with a beautiful uh, hymn. The oldest, they say, I'm not a musicologist, I just love music. The oldest, they say, notated uh, a Greek, um, a fragment of Greek music that has a wonderful text. And to be honest, I don't know 
much Greek and I don't really know, I didn't translate it myself. But the text of the piece, so we'll begin with listening to that. We're just improvising. We're sitting here together. No hurry. That's probably the beginning of listening, is when this contemporary pandemic of hurry, no time for anything, anybody, anywhere, ends. So it has, it's a wonderful text. Have Let your life shine. What a wonderful thing to say to a young person. Let your life shine. Have no grief at all. See how the phrases, they fold into each other. Let your life shine. Have no grief at all. Life exists only a brief while. And time must have his doom. While you live, shine, have no grief at all. Life exists only for a short while. And time demands is due. Actually, I think it was an epitaph on a grave, a tombstone, but uh, we should be happy that we have it because um, to begin with, listening, the art of listening, art science of listening, the Greeks, they say, I am told, um, I've read, they didn't differentiate. We have to be very careful. This 2,500 years ago. But they didn't differentiate between music and poetry. Well, I'm rather that way too, because I daily, thousands of times a day, like we're doing right now, move easily and naturally without thinking about it uh, between what we normally would consider music and poetry. When we're doing something like this, the art, the art science of listening, then um, we can do both. We can look at uh, that beautiful little, let your life shine, have no grief at all. Life exists only a brief while, and time will have his due. You see, there are infinitely many ways we can do that, bringing out nuances of meaning 
And that's the art of listening, as one is actually performing. I'm just improvising here and sharing it as I listen to the sound together with you, dear listener, to this little rill of water. It's a miracle how constant it is. See how it's been pouring like that all day long, coming directly from stro- snow melt. So it has what you call a diurnal rhythm that we can learn to listen to and attune to. So it, uh, if you get a hard freeze, like last night it froze, a few degrees uh, centigrade, so like minus two, mi- not much. We're pretty much on climate average temperature today. Uh, but it will be that would be enough to bring this little rill, little mountain rill, rivulet, uh, to a standstill. So it'll be completely quiet almost. So if you came here in the morning at five or six, natural time to fetch water, you might be a bit disappointed. There might not be enough to fill your water bottle. But it, this just about uh, the end of the pulse of the daily pulse of melt. Don't forget, it's always just going down, that universal principle, always, and yet it's infinitely rich, simple and rich at the same time. So, listening, you can always tell, so say you were a young oboist, you can always tell when one is playing, if they're really listening, so in the Nietzschean sense, Friedrich Nietzsche, that the the sound has a certain authenticity, spirit about it. Or if they're just making believe. It's kind of like if you really love someone and are making love, is it the real thing? Or is it just some sort of, you know, how you can feel divided? that you don't really feel in love. You're just going through the movements. So this transcension, transcending of duality is evidently a key part of performance in listening. So listening, we're taking it from the widest possible circle and then zooming into a poem, zooming into a... Uh, say a new music performer dedicated to new music playing the oboe, magnificent instrument, the sound of the forest, very difficult instrument, <clears throat> just the art of making your own reeds is a lifetime of devotion and work, but the real thing, so uh, in this pandemic of not listening <laughs> anything so there are as you notice there aren't many people here sitting listening to this one so we got the whole the whole place to ourselves Only he who has lifted his lyre 
also among the shadows, may his boundless praise possibly repay. Only he who has eaten poppies with the dead will never again lose even the softest of sounds. Though the pool's reflection often blurs before us, know the image first in the double world do voices become eternal and mild Until this opens up for hydrocarbon man, as I say, with trucks, ATVs, motorcycles, the whole, the whole show that's destroying both the human being that's in the vehicle or on the vehicle and the planet. Until that opens up, nobody's here. People can't be bothered. So listening, so when there's listening, real listening, there's only listening. Well, that sounds like an insight. Is that true? Don't take my word for it. Play with it. The first rule, I didn't want to be strict, but we got to have a few rules, is practice, practice, practice. Listening the technology that we have with uh, computers, the digitization of sound, and you would think I would understand a little bit of that because I've witnessed the whole thing from the very beginning. I can vividly re re remember with the OSCO uh, Ensemble in Holland, the Netherlands, Amsterdam, coming back from the Alps in 1984 and having the privilege, imagine that, of having a whole orchestra, there were 14 people, a professional digital recorder outfit with brand new equipment, and recording a piece we had worked on for two or three years called uh, Faros, a kind of beacon for a new way of doing music and listening, listening. And uh, we made, making the first digital recording and we took the time, of course all this stuff with professionals is uh, extremely expensive. It wouldn't be possible these days that uh, you run into the <coughs> separate stu sound studio where the 
technicians are and listen to what you just produced. So we did that for two full days of recording. What a privilege. And, <clears throat> well, there you have it. So, as you perform, you get into this space, if you're lucky, of uh, transcending our normal duality. Like I always say, you, uh, you rehearse information and perform meaning. That's a way of saying that. When you're really performing, you're beyond yourself somehow. And it, there's just performance. There's just listening. There's just the sharing of the energy and the meaning. There's not a performer in the performed. There's not a listener in the thing that is being listening to. There's simply the awareness of listening. But when we're technical, that's not the case. So um, you have to slow things down, turn them upside down. Things are notated. Sometimes it's highly mathematical. Sometimes it's highly improvised. But there's definitely a, something like a, a, an uncut cut block that you're shaping, which is separate from you. And you step back from it like a uh, Picasso and look at your work and say, well, no, this has to be a little bit there, a little bit. It, it, there's a back and forth that's very different. But once you enter the performance space, the ritual is, is that you actually die to that way of being. That is, if you're a real performer, what Nietzsche would uh, call an authentic performer, a real voice. And, you know, lots of, say you're a jazz musician or a poet, you want to find your voice. Well, in a way, I always tell people, you can't do that. The only thing you can do is take away the stuff that's not authentic. And eventually, like that uncarved block, uh, you, the masterpiece, will just manifest. And it's already there. Um, you simply have to get out of the way, which is very difficult. It sounds like, well, okay, I'll get out of the way then. <laughs> so listening, the art science of listening. So we begin with the widest circle, this natural context. Now notice how pleasant it is and if you haven't actually physically experienced this, I highly recommend that you step-by-step step study videos or books or however you learn things to become a, um, a spiritual, um, what I call a backpack pilgrim. Uh, to me, mountains are refuges. They're not these places of, uh, you know, you can achieve this, ski that, climb that, or whatever. Uh, that's all well and good. I mean, that's fun stuff. Um, but that's not what it's about, especially in the current era. It's a place for uh, where you can uh, widen the circle and commune with uh, the, the earth 
in perhaps a totally new, unknown way to yourself. And all you need to do, but the important thing is step by step, just like listening, practice, practice, practice. So you learn how to camp, you learn how to cook, you learn how to fetch your water, and all the other daily routines until you master it step by step. And I can tell you that you will win tremendous freedom for you and your family and friends. To come to a place, notice we've been talking here now for a while, and uh, we have not been interrupted. No phone calls, no emails, no, uh, and especially no hydrocarbon man. That could happen. <laughs> it's that time of year. But it's our, we live these lives of fragmentation that are just smashed into smithereens of shards. And we all know that. And we've come not only to accept it, but we've surrendered to it. You know, well, that's just the way it is. And then um, we become edgier and edgier and more and more sleepless, more and more lacking in love. And the first thing that we lose is listening. The art science of listening. Well, what happens, say, um, uh, I do poetry and I can't listen. <laughs> Well, I think I would be in big trouble. <laughs> and uh, uh, you can say that about an individual, but from a wider circle, you can also say that about a whole culture. That they've cultivated this poetic way of being that doesn't really listen. That's easy to do. In fact, I think we have one as I'm speaking. So it begins to give emphasis on... Uh, all kinds of other things, but not the real thing. Again, Friedrich Nietzsche. It's only I'm I'm only I'm in a Nietzsche kick. You can tell. It's only because I I just recently saw this is a plug. I have nothing to do with this. In 2018, marvelous film, Lou Andre Solomé. Well, it's about her. I don't remember what the title of the film is. But uh, Nietzsche. Uh, features prominently. That was one of her paramours. But it's a magnificent film. Rilke features prominently. Her only real uh, lover. And they uh, remained uh, very, very close friends their entire lives. So it's a highly recommended uh, film. She was the Margaret Fuller, the great first feminist. I was a transcendentalist feminist dead by the age of 40. Henry David Thoreau was dispatched by Emerson to go to somewhere along Long Beach, I think, coming back from the revolution in Italy with her young child and new uh, husband. Uh, the captain of the ship uh, crashed, or died, and the ship crashed. Well, we're kind of all together now on a ship without a captain, politically anyway. So, Lou André Solomé, listening, authenticity. Well, you can turn that into a goal, and then, then it's over. <laughs> I want to be authentic. No, you can't do that. 
So that's the beauty of negation. So you can only take away, and you have no idea. That's wilderness. We're, we're, we're in wilderness right now. Not official, but right on the border with official. But this is wilderness. That's how I see it. It's nature self-organizing. So the it's been devastated by humans, but then uh, that's why I never liked the... Uh, we're getting awfully chatty, but it's okay. I never liked... Uh, Bill McKibben's classic uh, title, The End of Nature. Well, I saw that back in when it first came out, I think around 1990, coming back to Amsterdam to do more recordings. And uh, I said, well, come on, that uh, the energy of nature is the universe, the intelligence, some timeless intelligence of the universe, which uh, is sensitive to human intelligence, I think but uh, can certainly not be ended. It's not in time. So how do you end something that's not in time? But you can certainly end this force, and it has been ended, <laughs> with an exclamation mark, and totally destroyed, ruthlessly. Just for money, that's all. And that we're so stupid and so weak and wimpish that we allow it to happen, well, that does not say much for our listening science of listening does it if there's listening like if you love this water you will do anything to protect it from abuse first and foremost from yourself so listening in poetry well without listening we're going to be in bad <laughs> and it's easy to do poetry it becomes what I call you know stuck in a bandwidth of the eyes that's the present culture we approach everything including music jazz in the past not so much anymore but jazz in the past was the only single exception a whole two three four generations of genius world-class musicians who uh, did not read music but certainly listened certainly had mastered the art science of listening so poetry, listening, well, uh, so that in uh, that uh, have no grief at all, let your life shine, see I'm improvising, will end with that once I uh, get back to base camp and uh, put this together with the actual sounds I wanted to share with you. So then what, what happens to our circle? It's starting to get cool now, so... Uh, we're headed into the coda. I didn't want to make this too long, but I did want to get started on number two, and then we'll continue on just to get started. Well, the first poem is from Flowers, again, which ends the Philosopher's Lyre. It's an hour and 45 minutes of music, very different, 14 plus pieces uh, that are very, very different, and it ends with this piece that, you know, when you're lucky, a piece just manifests. You don't expect it, and it's like a new baby that comes out of thin air, and they become especially precious to you. And again, listening, well, um, people are always amazed when I tell them, well, the um, practice, practice, practice. So, so that means if you really say, gee, I really want to find out about this listening. Uh, 
you gotta work. This is not just clicking like. <laughs> Where is our true button? You see, music has degenerated because it's become a commodity, right? Which we all purchase. I, I do too. Um, but that's not, that has nothing to do with listening. And it has nothing to do with, uh, may I uh, be so humble to say, it has nothing to do with whether you like it or not. In fact, uh, the most uninteresting music is frequently the music that we're habituated to. That's all well and good. Like, you know, you get older and you want to listen to the Beatles Why again. You start crying about a lost love or whatever. That's all very healing and good. That's not what... That's what life exists only for a short while. And time demands is due. it energizes and brings to life, awakens our whole being. Not just emotional memories, those are important, I'm not, but our whole being and takes us someplace we have never been before. I'm sure that uh, we've all experienced that somehow. And that's a sign a precious sign of the awakening of true listening. And again, anyone who says they know what listening is doesn't because you can't pin it down. You can, as we're doing now, we're doing a slow, meandering, water-like circumambulation, talking mostly about what it isn't and that it's an arduous discipline like coming out here and becoming uh, an expert uh, backpack pilgrim. Expert enough so your kids can grow up into it from the womb and uh, just have a second nature. That's the best way to do everything, including music, including listening. But it is a work of devotion you're going to fall flat on your face many times trying. People are going to make fun of you. You'll get arrested. People will shoot out your tires. <laughs> Steal your bikes. <laughs> or whatever. Uh, but you got to keep going. Listening. So what's the difference between listening and learning? We're going to come back to the poet listening, and we'll end with that. And it's going to be, of course, another Rainer Maria Rilke, Lou Andre Salome. So we've set the, the context. What's the difference between listening and learning? Well, I would uh, suggest there isn't a difference. Learning is listening, and listening is learning. So there it is, that wider, timeless realm that you can't say anything about, but is somehow resonant with intelligence, and love and compassion, all of these words that we have for this wonderful, uh, let your life shine uh, universe and earth we live on and in. So no difference, learning, listening. And it's a lifelong thing. 
I don't think I've mentioned this, but I've, in my feeble, meager attempts to understand the great uh, Chinese traditions of Taoism and Confucianism, I'm learning by heart, not memorizing. That's listening. You see, memorizing is mechanical. Learning by heart is with, again, your whole being. And that's that other project. This is a part of that, talking hands, talking feet. And you should encourage me. I'm playing with the idea of writing it down in a uh, hundred uh, little aphorism sutras. Um, that's talking hands, talking feet. <clears throat> so, practice. Well, uh, the Analects of Confucius, it begins, it's so marvelous. Let's do that. So, is it not a joy to learn something with constant perseverance and application? That's what we're doing right now. Is it not a, that's whole Chinese culture. Where is the respect for deep learning? Let's erase that back up, cut it out, deep learning, you know, there is no deep ecology, deep learning, deep resentment, <laughs> whenever I see people say that, I, I shudder with fear, no, there's just ecology, thank you, there's just listening, let it be true, and then it's deep, so be simple, listening, learning, is it not a joy to learn something with constant perseverance and application. Imagine going into the grocery store to buy your proverbial beer and potato chips and the people around you say, Cliff, how are you doing with the analytics? I think it's just absolutely amazing you're devoting your energy to learning. I, I, I'm, I'm going to get stuck. You know, you're inspiring each other with love. The real teacher in the universe is love. If you love something, you instantly share that energy with everything around you, including this water. And the water is sharing something with us, but it's speaking a different language that we don't listen to. You see, this sound is so comforting because it's the sound of all sounds. Wherever we have this sound for a hundred thousand years, just a heartbeat in geologic time, in big history time. That has been our sound of security. If you have this sound, you're going to be okay. Imagine going through the way out outback somewhere in Australia, maybe for days, weeks at a time. One billabong after the other dried up, but you know there's going to be one if you can just go a little bit further. And finally, that sound. So listening is learning and learning is listening. Is it not a joy to learn something with constant perseverance? It's going to be hard, baby. It's going to be hard. Learn your ver as if you're an oboist or a percussionist. Learn your Igor Stravinsky by heart. It's going to be one hell of a lot of work, but at a certain point, Oh, you'll get it. You'll get it in your feet, like skiing. 
like biking. It'll just become second nature. And then you can pass it on to younger people. And then it becomes easier and easier and more and more powerful and more and more second nature. Is it not a joy to learn something with constant perseverance and application? And then he goes on. Is it not delightful to have friends coming from afar? Yes, of course it is. And then it ends. He's going to get a little bit stricter here, so watch out. Here comes the real Kung Tzu. Is he, so there we have that division in language, is he not a man of complete virtue who feels no discomposure? See how it's much more complex, the composition. Who feels no discomposure, though others take no note of him. Is he not a man of complete virtue? That's pretty virtuous. Is he not a man or woman of complete virtue who feels no discomposure? That's beautiful because of the compose in there, the music. Who feels no discomposure? I don't know it in Chinese. Who feels, I wish I did, who feels no discomposure though others, sticking with the music, take no note of him. See, whoever translated that, I don't even know. Um, I just learned it from, from sound. I've never seen this written down, so that's how I... That's a secret. Don't keep it top secret. Spread the word. That's the basis of uh, Talking Hands, Talking Feet, is that you transcend the bandwidth of the eyes, the ears. You see, there's so much to go into. Our That's where relationship, real relationship, is revealed. So isn't that a beautiful way to start a book of uh, sayings, the analogs? Highly recommended. Only he One of the two uh, pillars of Chinese civilization, they say. 5,000 years of tradition. And now all we can think of here in North America, well, gee, we got to have war with those, uh, those whatever, however they, no. We're all brothers and sisters. If we can do anything, reach out to the Chinese, reach out to the Iranians, reach out to the Palestinians, reach out to the Russians. This war, war, war. That's because we don't listen because we don't have a science of listening. So it's in where I wanted to start, but, uh, well, you never know when you stumble into these improvisations. It's the, the ending of the, the whole set of pieces. Imagine that. One click and you get a whole hour and 45 minutes. That's a lot of music, brothers and sisters. That's a lot. Others take no note of him. <laughs> Come on, Cliff, don't get depressed. Though, that's all. In, we have all this technology, 
and we think we're sharing, but brothers and sisters, we ain't sharing nothing. This water shares, gives life to everything, and has nothing in return, except perhaps that you not pollute it or destroy its source. Well, we musicians serving the muse, and I really mean that, it's not about you, but serving this mystery of mysteries that we call music. The world is sound. So it ends this hour and 45 minutes, and, you know, the clock time isn't relevant at all. You measure things by the minute, and you used to get paid by the minute. <laughs> at least in Poland, or was it by the measure? I beg your pardon. But those days are gone, and so we're all scrambling out here, so we simplify, simplify, following Thoreau, so we don't need all those things that we thought we needed. And uh, listening, the art science of listening. So it ends with a poem, and it's one of the uh, sonnets to Orpheus, Sonetten an Orpheus, you know, the god with a lyre, the demigod with a god, is going down there to get his uh, lost woman into hell and uh, makes the mistake of turning. It's a long story, and I'm sure you can rehearse it elsewhere, but he turns around and loses his beloved Persephone. And the sound of his voice was evidently enchanting to the wider circle of Mother Nature. You don't preach to birds like St. Francis. I'm a great admirer of Francis. Don't use that St. Francis rubbish. He just made the mistakes of the mistake of joining up with the Vatican. Tremendously tragic. But the insight was there. Some simplify, simplicity. Humility, poverty. Well, there you have it. If you want three rules, or rules, guidelines, for listening, the art science of listening, simplicity, poverty, boy, and humility. Humility is the most endangered virtue right now on the planet. So... Real listening begins for our oboist or our young poet, the pianist. I don't know. I want to find out. And you really mean it. I don't know. I want to find out. The Greeks wrote down music? How the hell did they do that? I want to find out. So the sonete non oifois. Erste Teil neun. So the first line, first phrase. Nur wer der Leier schon hob, auch unter Schatten, darf das unendliche Lob ahnend erstatten. See, isn't that a beautiful phrase in English? It's a, uh, like one of my rough uh, musical translations. I'll talk about that. I think it's going to have to be another dialogue tape. But um, 
All translation is betrayal. Traditore, traductore, as the Italians say, that um, only he who has lifted his lyre also among shadows. See, that's a beautiful sound, but it's not the German. Only he who has lifted his lyre also among shadows may his boundless praise possibly repay. That's the first phrase. Or you can call it a stanza. It's a good word, Italian for room. So it's a space. And now we leap to the next space. But with a beautiful transition, the repetition. Only he who has eaten poppies with the dead. So he's referring to the myth, right? Of going down. And Odysseus, when he goes down... And Achilles can only talk if he's drinking fresh blood. You know, they're very powerful stories. Don't think just because this monotheism is not more sophisticated. It's the other way around. The Greeks could easily assimilate or get rid of gods and assimilate new ones. And the gods are simply metaphors for meaning. They did not take Zeus... <laughs> Literally, the old white man with a beard sitting on a throne, getting ready to throw thunderbolts at Socrates. No, they didn't think that way. Only he who has eaten poppies with the dead will never again lose even the softest of sounds. And then music, when I get back to base camp, that we'll listen to. But then without commentary, probably. That's a magical moment. I'm not going to sing it. It's a new uh, quality of sound. It's called double-double minor. It uses uh, microtones. And, of course, it's all played on the lyre in a plucked uh, symphony orchestra strings. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful sound. So you couldn't possibly do it, say, on our grand piano with uh, equal 12th root of 2 temperament, where every single interval is out of tune except for octaves. So with the philosopher's lyre, you tune your own lyre. Now, and we'll end with that. Let's end the poem first. Two more Stanzas, two more breaths. Mag auch das Bild im Teich oft uns verschwimmen. Wisse das Bild. See, he's telling us something we have to do. Though the pool's reflection often blurs before us. Know the image. He really means what he's saying. Know what image? Well, we don't know. He's not saying. Know the image that's being reflected to us by the world of sound, we're saying. The art of listening. The art science of listening. Though the pool's image often blurs before us. Know the image. Do you know a pool somewhere in a forest? Surrounded by huckleberries 
in conifer trees, in mosses, in fungi, that never sees a breath of wind, that's under meters of snowpack. I do. If you don't know a pool like that, find one somewhere. Start with photos, but find one somewhere, this magical pool that you look down and suddenly see a natural mirror of your own being. That's what sound is. Though the pool's reflection often blurs before us, know the image. First, in the double world, do voices become eternal in mild Erst in den Doppelbereich werden die Stimmen, that beautiful sound in German, werden die Stimmen ewig und mild. Okay, let's end with that. It'll be a little bit mysterious. So there are no rules but discipline, and the discipline comes from within. So if you're at a university and conservatory studying music, I highly recommend you pack up and get the hell out of there and get boots and backpack. Strap your trumpet or violin or flute to your back and get the heck out of there. It has nothing to do with music in the spiritual sense and will completely contaminate the art of real listening, true listening, we should say true art science of listening. But don't take my word for it. Just start to look around. Who is it that really... And don't... There are no... You can't measure like the notes, the score, the notation, the pitch, the frequency. You can't measure listening. It's That's the whole point. Is that you tune into through natural love resonance that which is beyond measure. And we're not defining anything. Again, anybody who says they know what listening is, doesn't. But you can certainly know what isn't listening. And you can certainly be concerned that we don't, like take that philosopher's liar, live with it, tear it apart. Stay, but you gotta live with it. Listen to it every day. Take it and put it on some sort of damn device and go walking with it, running with it, out. Live with it. But always out of doors somehow. Because then the mind, the mind, the eyes... See, I misspoke. The mind, the eyes are free. And I'll end with... Um, we're doing with the newsletter... This is day 32, walking into the uh, timeless celebration of the premiere performance of the uh, Rite of Spring, uh, May the 29th, 1913, so more than 100 years ago. And it's timeless, so it's not an anniversary. What we're doing is that we're touching the energy step by step. So you walk around in a spiral and you learn as you go. And one of the things, that's why I love doing it, and I do it every year, 
and and obviously for listening what you think is important is crucial huh? what are you going to listen to just don't be random it's like what wilderness are you married to everybody should be married to some wilderness that you go through perhaps through many not just one lifetime So, in researching uh, Diaghilev, who is a hero, hero of mine, the activation energy, not impresario, the activation energy that brought, brought together oh, uh, Nijinsky, Stravinsky, Picasso, not Ryoka, <laughs> uh, not Lou Andre Salome, I don't know where they were, but uh, they were in Paris at the same time, but it's like a parallel universe. But uh, so many great uh, talents and energies that all manifested in this tremendous rogue wave we call the Rite of Spring. And it was a collective uh, performance artwork. I mean, that's an ugly way of talking. It was uh, many working together as one. And learning to listening, learning to listen to something like that. So that might be a project. But in doing this, I saw a quote of his, his motto for an art, Diaghilev. This is the Russian pre-revolution. Even though they were very revolutionary, they were not part of the uh, Soviet uh, later Soviet Revolution, but he had an art magazine, and the motto was, life is free. Oh, no, art is free, life is paralyzed. It doesn't sound very good in English. I don't know any Russian, but art is free. Boy, there's one to take to the uh, barricades. <laughs> That's Amsterdam in the old days. Art is free. The way you live your life is just despicably paralyzed. So you're not going to tie us down. Art is free. Life is paralyzed. So you're... That's a really important thing to do. To make your intentions. It's like throwing down the gauntlet that this is what I mean, this is how I mean to live my life. So get the hell out of the way. And uh, I mean all these bods of, um, of uh, euphony, of harmonious living and spiritual musical practice. Okay, that's it for now. Thanks for listening. This is Cliff signing off for the picture-poems.com website in the circle in the square, cs-music.com. So just go to SoundCloud and uh, the Philosopher's Liar, Cliff Kriegel, pop right up. Get one file. You can get separate pieces too, like this flower thing that we're going to be doing on the, as this is put together. That's a separate, as we say, track. <laughs> Um, and what I'm only featuring the end of it, the last poem. 
Only he who has lifted his ire, also among shadows, may his boundless praise possibly repay. Only he who has eaten poppies with the dead will never again lose even the softest of sounds. Though the pool's image often blurs before us, know the image first in the double realm, the double world, the voices become eternal and mild. Only he who has lifted his lyre also among the shadows may his boundless praise possibly repay. Only he who has eaten poppies with the dead will never again lose even the softest of sounds. Though the pool's reflection often blurs before us, know the image, first in the double world do voices become eternal and mild.